0: Welcome back to this episode of the B2B Power Hour. Today I am joined by Dan Mott, founder at 63 Media and also magically the reason that we got to know each other, the co-host of another show called Power Hour. <laughs> Dan is amazing. super active out on LinkedIn and somebody who knows both a lot about the platform and helps others use the platform correctly and I'm so excited to sit down with you today and sort of break down best ways to use LinkedIn and what people need to know. So thanks for coming on the show, Dan. It's great to have you.
1: Yeah, you bet, man. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, it was really funny. I like, I don't even remember how we got connected in the first place, but I was like, Oh yeah. Like Morgan does LinkedIn stuff. Cool. I do LinkedIn stuff. Wait, he's got a show called power hour. I have a show called (laughs) power hour. Like it's like, dude, the stars align on this one. (laughs) No
0: kidding. I still am blown away by that when we started chatting together that there, we both have shows about power hours. Um, well, where I thought maybe we could begin today was I want to ask you a, a sort of a broad question to kickstart our conversation, which is like, what, how do you think about the the sort of context of LinkedIn? So, I and we've just started using TikTok more um, at the B2B Power Hour. And I've been a user on that platform for a while. And it has like a culture on the app. Like you, when you start scrolling through it, like has its own vibe. And the same goes for Facebook, especially back in the day. And Instagram has its own vibe and the sort of content that's appropriate. So not just from like what's appropriate, but what do you, how do you think about like LinkedIn's vibe and, and sort of like how do people, what do people miss when they think about LinkedIn and sort of the culture on the platform?
1: So I will say this too cuz I was it was funny I was joking with Nick and the you know we were chatting about this before but it, we were shooting dams back and forth he was like yeah we're just getting into you know into TikTok and you know Morgan's kind of like ahead of me in the process and I was just like big eye roll uh TikTok like <laughs> which is funny right cuz like I think that it's it's at the and I mean, I'm no TikTok expert so like I'll I'll keep this brief but I think it's it's at the it's still at the beginning phases so 100%. there's like organic reach it's, it's amazing it's incredible um so I think it's a great tool. I just always kind of like do the eye roll thing at it because I'm just like, I don't have the bandwidth for more things. If anything, like I cut out Instagram, which I was just kind of spam scrolling anyway, like not doing anything with. Yeah, uh-huh. So I'm literally only exclusively doing LinkedIn and I'm like, I don't have time for anything else other than that. So. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the vibe of LinkedIn, right? Like I think, and it's, um, it's significantly changed over the past two years um, where, I mean, like, when I first joined, I was in college, it was my senior year and it was literally just like an online resume. Right. And it is completely leaps and bounds different, um, today Mm -hmm. than what it was, um, to the point where there's, you know, like still, I think it's only like one or 2% of the, um, of the LinkedIn population is actively creating content on a daily basis. So there's, there's still a lot of room, um, for, for opportunity for creators to come in. Um, I think that I'm starting to see it go down, right? Like organic reach kind of has, has gone down a little bit across the board. Um, but it's I, I kind of call this like the 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 Facebookification of LinkedIn, where people are like, oh, F- LinkedIn feels like it's becoming more like Facebook, and it's like the the truth behind that is is people are opening up more, people are being more human, they're not trying to be quote unquote creators, right? They're just trying to be themselves. Mm. Um, they're going out there and they're telling personal stories. They're sharing their experiences. They're saying, they're admitting I made a mistake. Um, they're they're coming out there and kind of like opening, uh, opening up the behind the scenes look of like what's going on with their lives and their business. And it's it's truly a cool thing because the people that are doing that are blowing up, right? Yeah. They're, it, it's like this huge, like it's this human connection. It's giving people the opportunity to to know that they're not alone, that right. Like mm-hmm. God, especially like you look at like, um, like influencers on, on Instagram where it's like people renting cars to, to like take photos with that. they like, they don't even actually oh, own. It's uh, like, uh-huh. it, there's like, or like, God, social media has like done this thing where it's like created this, this fake life, right? Like people look up to these people, that aren't real. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like we're now reversing that or at least like LinkedIn, right? Like I'm not, again, I'm not really present on the other platforms, but like we're seeing that with LinkedIn is the opposite effect where people are opening up and they're showing like their dark so, side, like mm-hmm. people sharing some depressing stuff, but it's showing that they're human and it's making it easier to connect with people and network with them and build relationships, which is amazing. That's
0: yeah. So crucial. Actually, one of my favorite series, I think Leslie Venets does this where she sort of pulls up some of the most obnoxious LinkedIn posts, more like last year, (laughs) 2020, sort of all of the, what's the, there's a broad category name for it too. I think it's like hustle porn or something hilarious like that of just like (laughs) obnoxious stuff from people about how great they are and how successful they are. And she sort of mockingly reads them. And it's nice. And it it makes me laugh because I I think you're dead on. It was a small sample size, but even I had done like a, pull before they were killed by the algorithm and and uh, the a lot of people said Red they pulls. wanted more personal stories. They didn't want long form explainers, they didn't want, you know, they didn't want all the sort of the things we think somebody on LinkedIn might want. They want that personal side and that's really coming through on the platform now. Uh, which is nice, honestly. I'm I certainly like it. Yeah, it
1: is. It's a breath of fresh air, right? Yeah. And it's and it's cool because it's it's creating opportunities for for people. It's it's incentivizing people to do what they should be doing, right? Like if you're going to be network, we're like, this is, people will say that LinkedIn is a sales tool. People will say that LinkedIn is a marketing tool. It's a networking tool. Mm-hmm. If you want to connect with people and build real relationships with people, you need to be real and you're going to connect with real people, right? Like you're going to get like, you're going to push away the people who are faking it, who are just like shitty people just trying to like, just all about me, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, like I, th- I think that's what it's all about. So. Totally.
0: So um, obviously, the cornerstone of a LinkedIn presence is somebody's profile, and you had pointed out when I also first joined LinkedIn. It was an online resume. And I think that that's yep. significantly changed in the last couple of years. So uh, w- when you think this is something that you write a lot about and something you share a lot of insights about, and while you're here, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on it, which is what what do you see as like the main, I mean, we can start with at least the main mistakes people make when constructing a profile. Uh, and then we can talk about sort of like what they, what they could do. So like what, what do you see as the, classic faux pas of people using uh or people creating their profile
1: uh if they're not completing it right like there's there's like sections in there and if you don't have them complete that's the number one thing right um i see people with like blank background images um you need to like just go put something up there. Uh, Like, uh, some people don't even like share their, their, their profile picture. And that's Mm -hmm. like, that's a massive mistake because then everyone just thinks you're a bot. Um, so like no one's going to connect with you. So just complete your profile is the very first thing. A lot of people have done that. So, so let's, let's get a little bit more, um, you know, like kind of like level one Oh two from there. Um, when people are writing their profiles in the third person or they have other people writing their profiles for them, right? Like, don't, don't do that. Write your own profile. Um, God, I can't even tell you how many times I've rewritten my profile. Mm. We all change. Our businesses change. The way that we approach business changes. Um, Keep it up to date, right? Just like go through. I'm constantly updating my profile. I updated my profile last week. Um, I'll probably update it again next week. Um, Just little changes, right? Because then that way you don't have to spend like hours doing a major overhaul. You go in, you change around a few things based on what you're learning, what you're, uh, you know, like what you're expressing, what you care about, what, you know, how your priorities shift, um, it's a lot easier to go up and just make a 10-minute, like a, a quick 10-second update or a 10-minute update as opposed to having to do like an overhaul once a year and mm-hmm. completely change who you are and reposition yourself <laughs> the, within your network. So that's definitely going to be a going. Cool one. Totally. Um, and so what,
0: what should people be doing when, it, when when they come to their profile? So like they had it completed, but like headlines. Headlines are everywhere. Do you have like hot tips for writing better headlines? Because it's it's something that Nick and I have seen... It's, it's not like a make or break, but it's something that shows up everywhere in the platform. And it shows up on your content. It shows up when you comment. Um, wh- like, wh- how should people craft a good headline in your view, especially given your experience with it?
1: Yeah, your, your profile image. Mm-hmm. Your name and your tagline. Mm-hmm. They're the three things that follow tagline, you everywhere. Every you, time you sorry. post content, every time tagline. you comment on a post, on your own posts, um, when people come to your profile, that's they obviously see the whole thing. Um, when... People do searches when you show up, you know, people like, people also viewed this profile, right? Like, Like on every single page of LinkedIn, there is a section where they're showcasing people and they're showcasing them by those three things, their profile picture, their name, and their tagline. So your tagline is hands down the most important thing that you can have because it follows you everywhere. And it is the reason that people come back and view your profile people then view your profile. And that is the reason that they either want to follow you or do business with you, depending on how many times they've seen your profile, how long they've been following you for. So, so that's kind of like setting, setting those expectations is, is really important upfront. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to, which I highly do not recommend you do, um, if you were to use every single character that is available to you in your tagline, the only place that you will see that full description is on your profile. So in each of those things, right? Like, um, when you when you post something it's going to be a little bit longer when you're on a comment it's going to be a little bit shorter when you show up on like the sidebar it's going to be even shorter so depending on where you show up the length of your tagline changes so really kind of i break it up by like the first 3 words are the most important things that you can say that is what you want to be remembered for mm. that is what you want to use to stand out, that's what you want to be like. The, that's that's what makes you memorable, right? So those first three words are absolutely crucial, and then you can kind of break it up, right? Like the next three words are going to be the second most important, and then kind of like past there, it kind of peters off. Um, so so really, those those first two sections are going to be absolutely critical. What you're going to want to do is use this as your opportunity to speak directly to your audience, right? So like maybe it works for a CEO of a company. Um, especially if right CEO is three letters, that doesn't take up a lot of space. Um, but for, for a lot of times, like just saying what your role is, is not going to be impactful for someone. Mm -hmm. Um, really what you want to do is you want to take this opportunity to speak directly to your target audience. Who are they? Um, what do you do for them and why should they care? Right? Like those are the three things that I always try to answer. And this, like those three things apply across the board every time I wrote a post, every time I create content, every time, right? Like every section of my profile, and we can go into that, right? Like tagline, background, featured, about, experience, testimonials, right? Like all that stuff. Every time I email someone, every time I DM someone, every time I hop on a call and have a conversation with someone, when I get on a podcast and do a recording like this, right? Like intimately knowing those three things, what makes up your core audience, your target audience is absolutely critical. Like, right. That should be the the core of your message every time words come out of your your mouth or you write stuff down on paper or on or digitally right mm-hmm. so so being able to use that strategically within your tagline is hands down the most important thing that you can do That being said, there is no right or wrong approach to this um, one of like if you're going to take like a very right if you don't know what to do a very simple approach is, um, I help, I teach, I show, I explain, right? Like choose how you wanna position yourself. So like I help my target audience accomplish XYZ, Mm -hmm. right? Like what challenge do you help them overcome? Um, How can you make their lives better? Like that is a very simplistic formula that you can use um, but again, there's, there's no right or wrong answer here. You have to kind of find what's going to work best for you. What's going to resonate best with your audience, how you want to position how, like, right? Like yeah. everyone's style is different. How do you want to position yourself in the marketplace? Um, and then experiment with it, right? Play around with it. I, I, that's one of the things I probably changed the most is my tagline. Um, and a lot of times it's just a word that I'm, that I'm swapping out or changing and I go back and forth all the time. So
0: yeah. Seeing what people say, seeing what sort of feedback you get, whether yeah. The other stuff we'll yep. talk about in a second is successful and how that all yeah ties together. I think that's super valuable. Yeah. I love the simple frameworks and also thinking critically about like what <laughs> I I want to sell to these people. What do they need to hear from me? How can I make that approachable? How can I yeah use their own language even in in our the taglines taglines? I keep on saying headlines. I'm not sure why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's all it's it's all the same. That
1: that and I, I'm glad you said that right because that's a super critical point. Mm. Um, at first, when you're just like, right, when you're going through your, your like if you're doing your homework on your target market, you're trying to figure out what they actually care about, um, you're gonna start with an assumption and then you're gonna go test that assumption and you're literally going to get feedback from them and you should copy and paste word for word the things that they say to you. To the point when I track, um, this this is like, so when I track leads, right, when I'm doing lead management, I, I basically I, if I identify a lead on LinkedIn, it is because they have expressed a challenge, a need or an interest to me and i literally copy and paste those words and i put that into my tracker so so a like they have to say something that they're either challenging experiencing that they're interested in that to have something to do with me how i can actually help them overcome that when they say that to me, that's the indicator. That's like the soft hand raise, like, okay, your lead. Awesome. I'm now going to add you and I'm going to add the copy that you put in there mm. because I'm going to use that. Now I have 10 leads. Now I have hundred leads and I can go back and look at all of those down in a line and I can see what are people consistently saying to me over and over again in their words Awesome. I'm going to pull those apart. I'm going to use those as my tagline. I'm going to use those in my background image. I'm going to use that in my about section. I'm going to use that in literally every piece of content I create, everywhere. That is some gold, man. That's
0: powerful. <laughs> I love that. So I have one more question about profiles, and then I think we should move on to some of the engagement stuff because I want to hear more about this approach, especially. Um, yeah. So I, I feel the place I've stumbled the most and the place I hear a lot of people using LinkedIn stumble the most is the about section. Uh, cause it's sort of, I think it's yeah. some of like the blank page, blank page syndrome where you sort of sit down and a little cursor blinks at you and you're like, what do I write? There's so many things I could write. What do I put there? You know, should I list all of the things I do? Should I make it a, like, should I make it about me? Obviously we've talked, you shouldn't write it in third person, but what do you yeah. see as like the key ingredients in writing a really good about section? Uh, and, and how, how should people approach it basically?
1: That's, that's a really good question. So, so let's first address the, the, the first point, right? Like if you're literally sitting at the cursor, just blinking at you, um, do this. And this is for either your profile or you writing a post. This is literally anytime you're writing anything, right? Um, there is two phases of writing. There is the drafting phase and then there is the editing and publishing phase. So literally just word vomit, just put like, there is no wrong answer, right? Like, they, you know, how like brainstorming, there's no, there's no dumb answers. Yep. Um, like just put whatever down, just start because the moment that you start, it's like the hardest part of going to the gym is go, is physically getting in your car and driving to the gym, right? So it's the same thing. Just start, just start vomiting those ideas out, put it out there, step away from it come back an hour later when you're in a fresh mindset and then cut that, uh, cut that up, move it around. Right. Then that's, then that time you can make it beautiful and you can make it sound great. Right. Mm. Um, so that's kind of like getting in the right mindset of, of getting over right of, of writer's block. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of actually creating a, a good about section, so yeah, definitely don't write it in third person. That's, that's <laughs> hands down my number one tip. Don't, don't do it in third person. Um, this is like a totally, totally archaic way of, of positioning ourselves um, since like the start of social media, right? Like personal branding is now a thing. Um, it is very apparent. Like it is okay for you to talk about yourself. Um, so definitely do it. It makes it a lot easier to connect with you. And I don't mean in the sense of like hitting the connect button. I mean like on a human level, actually connecting with you and saying like, Dan's cool. He sounds like someone I actually wanna connect with. Mm. Um, so. <clears throat> Again, right? Like you have to go back to your your core audience. You have to go back to those three things. Um, who am I speaking to, right? Like, who is my target audience? How do I help them? and why should they care? Mm-hmm. So that has to be transparent in there. Um, I write my about section the same way I write my post, right? Like there has to be a hook. There has to be a reason. Like that first line has to grab my attention. So like I'm probably going to say something about my target audience and their challenge, the challenge that they're facing, right? Like right off the bat, right in there, I want to get straight to the point. Then from there, I want to tell a little bit about my story, right? Like I want to relate to them. Um, I talk a lot about, and this is right. This is going to be different for everyone. I talk about how I hated my job and how I quit it, and you know, despite coming from ten years of sales and marketing experience in B two B, that still like coming home that first day, I was like, now what, right? Like I had no clue what the hell I was doing, how to find my clients. Uh, right, so like I'm, I'm positioning myself to like be relatable, right? Like Dan has gone through this too, and he's gone, like he's taken the same journey, and he's maybe just a few steps ahead of me, and I can learn from him, right? Like I'm kind of like I'm, I'm putting myself in their shoes, so I'm using, I'm using my personal story to relate to them. Um, from there, what you want to do is you want to really communicate the value that that you deliver, right? So you wanna be very clear, very crystal clear on what they actually get from working with you, right? Why would people pay money from you? What can they actually expect, right? Like from today, where they are right now to where they want to go, their desired their desired state, right? What do they actually wanna achieve in working for you? what does that look like for them? Right. You want to paint that picture so that way they can clearly see like, awesome. you you are, you have gone through like in telling my story, they see like, I was at point A just like you. I was just like you two years ago. Right. And here I am today. This is what I can do for you. You want to explain where they're going and how you put in this, in this story, you're positioning yourself as the vehicle to help take them from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. So, um, you really want to lead in with a hook. You want to be very clear who your, who your audience is and how you can help them tell your story. You want to help like help them. You want to help empathize with them, right? Like I've, I've gone through this myself too. And this is how I can help you on that journey. And then really what a lot of people miss here is you want to, you need to fill in those blanks in between, right? Like once someone actually like signs a contract with you, they pay you money. What does that process look like? Break it down step for step, step by step for them, what that journey looks like, right? Like um, if you have a six week program and we're going to meet every single week for 60 hours and I'm going to assign you homework in between and I'm going, right? Like this, <laughs> you want to paint that full picture for them. You want to know exactly what they're getting into. So that way, by the end of it, they have no, they have zero questions. And it's just like, do I want to work with you? Yes or no. That's literally the only question that you want to leave them with. Mm. Um, then from there, um, if you have the space, right. Cause you don't want to get like too long here. Um, you can put in some, some testimonials, some case studies, some, some big wins, right. To kind of like show social proof of like, Hey, don't just, don't just take my word for it. But there's, there's a lot of other opportunities within your profile for you to showcase this. So it's, it's not a it's not a a must in it. I don't have it in my profile because again, I use it elsewhere. Um, but the most important thing about the end of your profile about, I'm sorry, your, your about section is you want one singular clear call to action. What is the very next step that you want them to take? Not connect with me here, connect with me there, sign up for this freebie, do this, do that, right? Just one thing. What is the one next step that you need to take in order to like, to move forward with this journey? Um, is, is very important that you, you make that clear to them so that way it just literally pushes them into that next step. Um, you don't wanna have them have to make the decision. You wanna make that decision for them. And again, it's just a yes or a no. It's no. It's not like a multiple choice question.
0: Um, well, I'm going to go rewrite my about section now. Uh, that was,
1: <laughs> I actually need to rewrite my about section too. So like, right. again, like this is something that always gets updated, yes. right? Like you, you, need to, you need to go back and periodically take a look at it and just, it's a lot easier if you do it occasionally, as opposed to have like wait a long time and then have to completely overhaul it. Totally. Um, some fun stuff. I, uh, well, just that, right. Like I, I put fun facts in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the very bottom, like I put like, if you've made it this far, congratulations, yeah. uh, here's some fun facts about me and I list <laughs> some stuff. Uh, I play a lot of D and play video games. I'm a Harry Potter nerd. Um, the amount of calls and conversations that I book off of this information alone, either being in my profile or in my posts is, is absurd to me. Mm. Like still, even like I see it all the time and still just like every time it comes in, I'm like, this is crazy. Um, it's just another re- it's just another way for, for people to like have a reason to reach out to you, to connect with you, to start a conversation because that's the very first step that you need to take.
0: That is awesome.
1: So, There's, there's a lot in that and I'll say this and I kind of like, I I said it a little bit in the tagline, right? And and Uh I'll say this throughout, like every person is different. Every business is different. The services that we sell are different. The approaches that we take to business, the the, the stage that we are in our LinkedIn journey is different, right? So there's no right or wrong answer for any of this stuff. You have to find what works best for you, and know that there are certain things that are going to help stand you out, and you just need to find the formula that's that's going to work. And again, that's part of the reason why I'm always updating that because I'm experimenting, learning, and growing.
0: Where you are, definitely on the same page when it comes to that. Always like a good experiment. <clears throat> always like trying out something new. You know, um, so, so let's. T- Let's revisit a little bit about this lead tracking thing you had set up um, previously. This is actually an area that I and Nick and I have worked on a lot. And I think this will transition us well into thinking about using LinkedIn as a way to uh, interact with target accounts and and uh, build business and use it as a sales tool or, or use the networking tool to generate sales. And uh, how are you... Um, <laughs> How? what does your infrastructure look like in getting after leads? Like, are you basically pulling up an Excel spreadsheet and you're just manually entering in their names? Are you using Sales Navigator? Uh, what sort of information do you like to track about the, infor, uh, about the accounts or leads that you would like to interact with? Like, maybe let's just start there. What does your data brain look like when it comes to working with your leads?
1: Yep, and I'll say this again it's going to be different for everyone. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, so let me me walk you through my process, Mm -hmm. uh, what I personally do for my own business. Right. And, um, this is typically where I start when I'm working with clients. Uh, but actually we have to together sit down and figure out what's going to work better for them, right? Mm -hmm. What data points are they actually after? What are their goals and how do we work backwards from there? So, um, I do not use sales navigator. I used to when I started, but I have since transitioned to a point where, I now um, am able to generate enough leads off of just purely creating content and engaging um, with my network. <clears throat> so my lead sources are going to be any inbound connection requests, whether they be blank or have a message. Um, if they're blank, I'm going right, like, to start a conversation with every single one of them. Um, if they message me something, then I'm just going to take whatever they say and, and respond to it. If they send me a blank connection request, I literally copy and paste an, um, a message in. Uh, I use off the top, I go and copy and paste it. So off the top of my head, it's, um, Hey name, uh, you know, uh, happy to connect smiley face. Just curious. What made you want to reach out? Mm. And this question puts the onus on them to say, why did they actually connect with me? Like, what was, the, what was the reason behind it? Um, if they are like spamming me, if they're using automation to connect with me, it kind of like challenges them. And they're like, oh shit, like I didn't look at Dan's profile. Why do I want to connect with them? Right. Like it throws them off, which is really cool. Um, but more importantly, what it does is for the people who genuinely wanted to connect with me because they saw my content or read my profile, um, it either makes them recall that fact or kind of like go in and do their homework and say like, why, why do I actually want to connect with Dan? Like, right. So it starts some really good conversations. So that's, that's my first lead source is anyone who's sending me a connection request. The second is going to be anyone who's commenting on my con- my content. And I'm going to simply just reply to them, uh, hey name, thanks for the comment. Smiley face or exclamation point. Um, if it was an, exce- an exceptionally good comment, I'm probably going to like right I'm going to I'm going to read their comment, I'm going to reply to it in my post, and then I'm also going to send them a connection request and say thanks for the comment and then I'm also going to like ju- well, right like use that as a reason to jump start the conversation especially if they're a qualified lead, right? Like if they're, they're not a good lead, I'm probably just gonna say thanks for the comment. If they reply, awesome, cool, we'll start a conversation. But if I'm, if I'm interested in prospecting them, right? Like I wanna f- ask a follow-up question. Um, and this, we'll, we'll kind of get into this in a little bit, but like uh, the way I look at DMs and conversations is ping pong. And um, in order for you to send the conversation back, you need to ask a question. So right, like you can't just say like, thanks for the comment. You have to say thanks for the comment and then like wrap up, ask a question, you're now pushing the ball back into their court so that way they can respond to you. Mm. Um, so anyone who, any second or third degree connection who sends me a comment is going to be my second lead source. And my third lead source is anyone who is viewing my profile. So you do need at least the, ver- the bare minimum um, premium version of LinkedIn in order to see these profile views. But once you do, you can click on them and I literally do the same thing, right? I copy and paste this in. Um, I say... Hey name, uh, and this this one's always like a little bit creepier. So I, I try to have fun with this one, right? Uh, but I do like hey, um, I, you know, I saw you checked out my profile, so I return the favor. You open to connecting question mark? Um, and between all of these things, right? Like when I used to do when I used to use uh, cold outreach marketing automation yeah. or like LinkedIn automation and stuff like that. Um, Conversion rates were probably like around like 20%. um, Like if my message was like good, like maybe 30%. My my connection rate is probably like 98%. So like, right, these people have seen my content or my profile and I have asked them a question or thanked them for something. The only reason they're not connecting with me is because they're really not active on the platform. So they just like don't even see the connection request or it gets buried in how many they have sitting in their inbox.
0: That's... Awesome, what a great breakdown. I think that's also really interesting you're pointing to that an old principle of mine when I think about LinkedIn is like people come here to engage, not to be sold. <laughs> so when people exactly, log yeah. onto the network, they're here to have some fun and read news or see what people are posting and like strike up a conversation. Yep. They don't log in to get pitch slapped or get pitched all the time in their DMs. And what you're pointing to in that process is you're not just cold sourcing leads and then saying, do you want to buy my product? You're taking people who are... Do you want to buy my stuff? <laughs> right. You got the little jacket pocket and you're like, hey, kid, yeah, right? you know, on the street. Yeah. I, <laughs> I
1: got my digital trench coat.
0: Yeah, exactly. Dude, t-
1: I might need to find a gift for that. And like when people start pitch slapping me, I'm just going to send that back to them.
0: <laughs> it's true though, because uh, it, it's so weird for me to get pitch slapped. Like, I, I don't know, but you're sourcing leads from... Places in which you've already started a conversation, in which you've already started engagement, or somebody's taken an interest in you and viewed your profile, and you're just taking that as an opportunity to have a conversation and see where it goes. Particularly if they could be a qualified prospect, uh, which yeah, exactly, yeah, so powerful. Um, yeah,
1: the so to so to keep going yeah. on your your original question too, right? So that's that's me identifying leads, reaching, and the, the templates that I use to to start a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Um, And we can kind of go into the art of casual conversation, which is one of the, one of the lessons I teach, but um, the, the whole idea there is simply to start the conversation, right? Like a lot of people go in with a cold pitch right off the bat and like hundred percent, like you shouldn't do that. You're pissing off more people than you're actually converting in the process. Um, So simply like my goal in every one of those scenarios is just to start a conversation. And then from there, what I'm going to do is, and we can, we can dive into this a little bit more, but my entire goal of that conversation is not to actually pitch my services at all, unless they ask. Hmm. So my goal is simply to have a good conversation, ask really good questions that are pointed that are in my area of subject matter expertise, which in my case is LinkedIn and social selling. Um, I wanna ask really good questions to uncover what their goals are and how they're feeling about their progress towards those goals. And ultimately what I wanna do is I want to get them to admit to me that they either have a challenge, a need or an interest, in LinkedIn in social selling and identifying leads and creating a personal brand because once they do all I have to do is just reply awesome if I could help you do that would you be open to a conversation and then I book a call so like I literally never pitch my services at all like that is to me a good metric like I shouldn't talk about my services unless they ask or unless I actually get them on a call and then even once I get them on a call, I'm still gonna go through that whole process again before I get to the point where I'm actually talking about what my services are, what they cost, and all that stuff.
0: Totally. That's Nick has this old principle. I think maybe Justin Michaels had coined a version of it, but vampire sales, um, where you have to invite the <laughs> vampire in. Like that's the rule. The vampire can't enter your house unless if they've been invited in. And same thing yeah. here. You're you're inviting them in to admit their own needs before you ever actually pitch something, right? They they need yeah, exactly. to. Uh, be brought into the conversation and uh, before you actually sell them anything, which is so powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, two, here's yeah. the
1: thing, right? Like with, when you go in cold pitching people and you're literally like connecting with someone that you probably used automation, right? So you didn't even actually look at the profile to know, to qualify them, to know that they're a good fit. And then you're asking for a meeting and if They book that meeting, like you get all excited, but then you're gonna now hop on a call for a half hour with someone that you haven't even qualified. And like the chances that you're gonna be able to, to close them or that they're actually even gonna be a good lead, like you're wasting not only their time, but you're wasting your own time. So, like, I'd much rather take the time to qualify up front and actually, right, like, qualify just looking at their profile, all of like the um, right, like, I can look at their title, I can look at their industry, I can look at like all the, all the stuff that like, right from a surface level, like awesome, they're a qualified lead for me. And then once you ask really good questions, you can kind of qualify, uh, uncover the, the things that are maybe not surface, like surface level, um, right. Like kind of more of the, like, um, the psych, the psychological stuff mm-hmm. of like, does this, would this make a really good client for me? Yes or no. Um, so you want to get all that stuff out of the way before you book a call because otherwise you're just wasting your time
0: and theirs. And theirs totally. That's, uh, a- Dead on. I couldn't have said it better myself, actually. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> how do you begin to think about conversation on LinkedIn? Like, what, what's your framework? We've ta- we've mentioned briefly the art of casual conversation, but um, okay. yeah. how does that play out as a framework? And and like, what are this? What are the ways that people should be uh, uh, approaching LinkedIn or should be using LinkedIn to to generate that kind of interest and engagement that isn't just hey you want to buy my stuff kid yeah
1: (laughs) i think that's the hardest part right like um starting conversation if if you right like just listening to this podcast as far as you have right now and you say okay yeah yeah, that that totally makes sense right like just going out and starting a conversation is easy enough especially if you like use those templates that i gave you right um super easy the hard part though is like getting to the point where they are actually like admitting those challenges, right? Like what what do I say next? And I, I find that that people when they don't know what to say, they default to some version of, hey, you want to buy my stuff, right? So like that is the challenge is don't do that. Like you're better off just like not just like letting the conversation drop off, right? Like or just trying something and seeing if it works. And if it fails, awesome, don't try it again. Or right, like maybe maybe let it fail three three times before you say, All okay, right, this is really not working. But the goal is to like see what questions am I asking to, to my typical buyer. Um, what are they actually responding to or what's getting me a really good response in return, and then and then reuse those, right? Like use them over and over again. Um, but ultimately like I try and break down and no conversation is, is ever the same, but I try to look at it from a high level, right? Like across all the conversations I've already had, I've I've I've, I've ever had on LinkedIn. Like, what is kind of the formula or the approach I take? Um, So before I even start, the first process is to qualify. Again, I'm going to look at the profile. I'm going to make sure that they're actually a good fit before I even message them. Because um, if I can tell from their profile that they're not a good lead, then there's definitely no point to even message them, right? Like, again, I don't want to waste my time or theirs. Um, From there, you need an icebreaker. So um, you literally just need something in some common interest, right, that you can relate to. Again, this is why I put stuff like I play D&D and I love Harry Potter in my profile or I write posts about it, right? Because it doesn't have to be about LinkedIn. It doesn't have to be about social selling. I can connect with anyone on anything that I want, right? Like I have I have a daughter, right? Like I can connect with someone about being a dad. Um, I live in New Jersey. I can connect with someone about that, right? Like there's, there's so many things that you can connect with people on. All you need is that one common interest Again, you're just simply trying to start a conversation. You can't have a conversation unless someone responds. So your first goal is to get them to respond. You need an icebreaker for that. So you're going to qualify and then you're going to use an icebreaker that's again just common interest. Let's get a response from them. From there, you want to, and I think this is the part that people struggle with most, is you want to make the conversation relevant. So you want to bring, you want to you want to pull the conversation into your area of expertise. Um, right. Like for me, that's LinkedIn social selling. So I want to bring up the topic of LinkedIn. I want to bring up the topic of lead generation. I want to b- bring up the topic of personal branding. Right. Like these things then allow me to control the conversation from going from like it just being a random conversation about like nice to like just an intro conversation to it being a, like putting me in the position of actually being able to support and help them. Right. And I think that's that's an important thing to he- like consider right? you like you're not there to sell them. You're there to help them. So you want to make the conversation relevant to and position yourself as a subject matter expert. Then from there, you want to start to challenge them. And again, that's where you're uncovering the goals and you're moving them into the point of them getting to admit that they either have a need, a challenge, or an interest, where you can then make your ask, hey, if I could help you overcome that challenge, whatever they said, back right again, copy and paste their words, spin them back to them, would you be open to a conversation? Then book the call with them. Hmm. So qualify, and then you're going to use an icebreaker. You're going to bring the conversation back to your... Uh, you're going to make it relevant to your area of subject matter expertise. You're going to ask really good questions and start to challenge them. So then that way they could admit a challenge and, uh, and then you can make your ask from there.
0: And it takes such discipline in like step four, I think, where you're asking challenging questions to not <laughs> shadow pitch or pitch blatantly. Uh, of like trying to relate it back to your product and service. Like it's that's such discipline in order to just continue to open up a conversation to press to uncover more to have a real that's not you know, I feel like we have I feel as people, we have pretty good BS meters. So when somebody's pushing me, I feel like the, they're tailoring questions for me to try and admit something. And you're saying, well, yeah. no, don't do that. Try and just have a real conversation and continue to ask some questions and see if it goes anywhere. And it's okay if it doesn't, right? Like it's, it's okay if and some conversations just die out. That's how it works sometimes, right? Yep.
1: And that's how you learn, right? Like that's, you, you, you say like, all right, cool, that didn't work. Let me try it again, right? Like if you get an immediately like, if their response is like, how dare you ask me that question, right? Like don't ever use it yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not going to happen, but right, like let's, let's for extreme purposes, let's go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, if you don't get a response to a particular question, that's fine. Go try it again, right? Like maybe, maybe there's, there's a lot of reasons mm-hmm. that, that things happen. So mm-hmm. try it again. And if you still get the same response, try it again. If you if you do it like three times and you're just like people are just ghosting you after that, it's probably not a good question. Let's let's move on and try something else. Mm-hmm. When you get one that does land and you're like, "Hey, this is a really good response," right? Like maybe it was a one-off and that person was just a really good lead, really interested and like they responded, but then the next two maybe don't, right? So, you really kind of got to find like what and and I do this, right? Like I'll ask questions and if I get a good response to it, I actually copy and paste the questions that I asked into my tracker. And I have I have a tab called templates and I literally just like I'm like, I copy and paste that message in. I'm like, this worked, this worked, this worked, right? So in that way, in the future, when a conversation comes up and I'm kind of at a loss for what do I actually say to this person, I can just quickly scroll through that and have 10, 15, 20, 30 questions just ready to go that I can say, I can try any one of these three that kind of match up with what they just said to me and let me see which you know which one's gonna work. So that's
0: super interesting. What do you think about like, so one of the tips that gets thrown around a lot, and I don't have any strong feelings about this, so I'm genuinely asking uh, for people who are doing like outbound prospecting and aren't just generally working with people who are inbound, is to to do some sort of personalized connection request. Um, and some of the templates that you had offered previously are more based on like their ability to engage or to um, their, their the fact that they viewed your profile. And so it's a different conversation than um, for somebody on outbound. So do you have any like strong feelings about personalized connection requests or like how they might need to be done if you're doing outbound work?
1: Yeah. So my opinion is, and I don't actually do any, any outbound, mm-hmm. right? I have done I've done I've done quite a bit of outbound. I used to do it for myself and I used to do it for, for clients as well. Like that's the services I used to provide mm-hmm. until I switched over to coaching. Um, so I've done a lot of outbound on LinkedIn. I don't ever do, or I do very, very little. Like I do more opportunistic outbound on, um, on email. But my general thought is that with any outbound, you can't copy and paste. You can't use automation. Um, I mean, you can, right? Like it works. But again, sure. you're going to get more unsubscribes. You're going to get more blocks and unfollows and unconnection requests in the process. Then you're actually going to get positive results out of it. So if you're doing any sort of cold outreach where you're literally just like buying lists or, or using Sales Navigator to identify people, right? Like in the, you know, in the mm-hmm. other cases where I like, I've actually, they've come to me first. So that's not cold. Um, cold 100% needs to be personalized, in my opinion. Mm-hmm
0: yeah have to generate that conversation yeah yeah
1: um the the thing is so many right right like we're constantly inundated. think about like how many times you get pitch slapped like someone someone connects you someone connects with you and immediately sends you a sales pitch right like hey you like book a meeting with me, no. Um, how many times do you get the, the 27 thread of emails oh from God. the same person that ends with like, Hey, are you under a rock? Do you need me to call nine one one Like, <laughs> no, Like, There are so many of these messages that by you simply making the the message, right. And like, people don't want to do it because it is more work. It is, I promise you, it's a lot more work, mm-hmm. but you get a lot more results or you get a lot better results from it. Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of people that are actually putting in that work are so few and far between that when people actually get those messages, that alone, the fact that I can just see like, even no matter what your message says, like I've responded to people who were super not relevant to me, but I like, I'm like, I appreciate this message, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's like, it's the, the fact alone that you're not sending the typical cold like blanket approach. It's a breath of fresh air and it is, is what's going to help differentiate yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like the, the, it's not even the product that has to be differentiated. It's literally just you taking a different approach than what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that being hyper specific, customized in cold outreach works like, better than, than anything you could do from a blanket
0: approach. Yeah. It's that competitive effect. All your competitors are doing the generic, you can do the specific and that's how you can stand out. And obviously you shared this opinion. I think I share it uh, as well. You're not a huge fan of automation tools. It sounds like
1: (laughs) it depends. Right. So I actually love automation tools. I don't like LinkedIn automation tools. Um, I don't like automation for cold outreach, I guess is the best way to put it. I love automation for a trigger based approach, Mm -hmm. meaning that like if someone um, if someone subscribes to my newsletter, right, like I'm going to send them a welcome email. Um, If someone downloads one of my assets, I'm going to trigger a workflow that right. Like so when you use automation based off of an action that someone takes against your content, against your 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 sales pipeline or against your your marketing materials that is where i think automation works very well um, also to just the communication of data and stuff like that right i think all those things are important but automation from an outreach, from a cold outreach perspective i think just does not work mm-hmm. and that's simply because i believe that cold outreach really does need to be one like one to one hand to hand combat
0: yep absolutely i think we're 100% on the same page so i have a last question that we tend to ask but before that i have to ask about your tracker which you've brought up a couple of yes. times tell yeah. me more what is inside this tracker
1: <laughs> um that you have to be a student okay 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 <laughs> no um yeah, like I have, a, I have a bunch of shit, right like um and I'm, i have it right in front of me right now so um the very first thing that i have on there is my goals so every time i o- I, I have this tracker open every single t- like if i'm working this tracker is open um when i open up in the day the first sheet that it opens to is my goals so here i have my um my 2022 goals, as well as I have set monthly goals and then kind of like intangibles in between, like, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. Right. Just kind of the, the one-off stuff. Mm-hmm. So knowing what you're working for, what you're working towards and how you're progressing towards them is extremely important. I want to be reminded of that every single day. So I know that my activities, what I'm actually doing when I'm on LinkedIn actually align with what, do I, what, do I, want, what I want to achieve a week from today, a month today, or a year from today. Mm-hmm. From there, I have my links, Um, so these are super, and this is probably like, um, further, further down the line, right? Like this is probably one of my newer tabs. Um, I want to know where my sources of traffic are coming from. So, um, for example, right? Like if you are going to like, say like at the end of the show, we're going to do a plug, right? You're going to say, all right, you know, where can people connect with Mm -hmm. you? And all right, like, I'm going to give you a link to my profile. I'm also going to give you a link to my, uh, to my sales page for my, for my course. Um, I'm going to create a very specific link that's that's to this podcast. So that way when people click on it, I know that they came from this podcast, right? So then I can see the results of the activities that I'm doing. Um, so I have links for every single one of my resources, whether it be my profile or my, my sales page or my website or my, you know, whatever. And then I also break it down by the activities that I'm doing. So like a lot of my traffic comes from my posts. So like I put comments on every one of my posts and then I'll say like, all right, you know, if you're subscribed to my newsletter or check out my you know my course, I can see um, on a rolling basis, like where all of my traffic is coming from. And I know where to double down on my positives. Um, my next one is going to be my leads. So again, when someone actually admits a challenge, need or interest to me, I'm going to drop them into my lead tracker. I want to know the date that I identified them as a lead, their name, um, where they came from. So like either they commented on my post or like, um, So this is very particular to me, Uh right? Like when someone pitch slaps me, I can, because I'm LinkedIn social selling, I can actually slap them back (laughs) and I can say, Hey, your pitch sucks. Do you want to improve it? And then I like trying to convert them into a lead from there. So like, that's another source for me, a new connection request or someone commented on my post, um, right? Like, uh, this podcast, right? Like, so I, I want to know what the source was again, so I can know, like, where am I actually getting results and where can I, where can I put more of my efforts? I want to know the status of those leads again, the challenge, need, or interest. Um, I track objections too, right? So if someone says like, um, if they don't, if I don't book a call with them or they don't, I don't do business with them. The reason why again, so then that way I know how to overcome those in the future, or I can just improve my sales process or my services to overcome that. Um, and did I book a call with them? Yes or no. Um, Then I have three tabs worth of KPIs. We're going to just keep going. Yeah, that's fine.
0: (laughs) I love it. I'm
1: loving it. We're going to dive into, um, like, I have three tabs worth of um, KPIs alone. Mm -hmm. So I update these every single Monday. It takes me about, like, 15 to 20 minutes to go through these. Um, Week by week, I'm breaking down how many new leads I generated, how many calls I completed, and then how many either services or courses I sold as a result. Um, the next one are my high level lists. So how many LinkedIn followers, how many connections do I have? What is the size of my list to the size of my CRM? Um, like my hashtags, right? Like I'm I'm constantly changing, like my custom hashtags and stuff like that, right? Like how are those, uh, how are those lists growing over time? Because those are going to be the sources of my leads, right? So like the leads are like the, like more of like later down the funnel, this is going to be the top of the funnel, like where, like what, What's my kind of like total addressable market and how am I growing that over time? Because that's what's ultimately converting into leads down the pipeline. Um, And then just more KPIs. Um, This is more of like content stuff. So um, again, a lot of because the bulk of my leads come from my content, that's obviously a big goal for me, for sure. so I'm tracking my content in particularly. I want to know how many views I'm getting, per I, and I track this on a week-to-week basis, how many views I'm getting, how many likes I'm getting, how many comments I'm getting, how many shares I'm getting, and how many posts I created during that week, as well as how many profile views it resulted in.
0: Dan, that's probably one of the coolest trackers I've ever heard of.
1: <laughs> oh, that's only half of it. Dude. I'm we sure. I. Do you want to,
0: I mean, you want to provide a little high level of what else is in there? I mean, geez, man.
1: Yeah. So uh, then I have two, well, it's, I stopped doing that one. Um, Then I have my post tracker. So this is where I actually create my content. Mm -hmm. Um, I break it up by what type of post it is, um, what pillar theme bucket it is. um, And then I actually break my, so I write my posts in three pieces. Mm -hmm. um, So I don't just write like a, a LinkedIn post. Um, I write the hook, the idea and the call to action separately, and then I copy and paste them in section by section. So like I use this as, and this has like, what are my hashtags and kind of like, what's my, my rolling cadence and stuff like that. So, um, this is less of a tracker and more of just like a content builder. Mm. I have my tribe tracker. So this is all of my, like, um, I like to say, right, like influencers, friends, clients, all of the people that I know, love and trust, who do I want to support? I have a list of them and I break down a bunch of crap um, so that way I can better sort them and know who I need to engage with because engaging is half the battle, right? Like I can create content, but if no one sees it, then what does that mean? Right. So um, knowing I don't trust the LinkedIn algorithm to do this for me. So I know like, right? Like Morgan, if I'm not seeing enough of your content, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're going to be on my tracker and I'm going to, I'm going to like, drop you to the top of my list I'm and I'm going to click on, I'm going to click on your button, right? Like I'm going to click on I'm going to go to your posts. I'm going to power engage on your posts. And then now you're going to show up in my feed more often as a result. So like I am fully in control of my feed as a result of that. Um, also too, just the ability to build relationships with very strategic partners is oh, incredible for your business. Huge. So yeah. Um, And then my templates is the last one that I have. Um, So again, like where I go copy and paste my answers in. Um, The three lead sources. So those three templates are in there. Those are the ones that I use the most. And then again, when I ask really good questions that convert, I drop them in here. I just drop the date and I drop like relevant stuff. Um, Sometimes I like have extra columns for iterations of that one if I'm experimenting with a little bit. But again, like right, if I'm struggling to figure out what to say, right, like sometimes I just have bad days. I've been doing this for three years, and sometimes I'm like, shit, I don't know what to say to this person. I just come here, and like I've already got the answer written for me. So that is um, deep breath. That's everything.
0: Man, (laughs) that was a marathon or a sprint, really, and I (laughs) loved every second of that. I. Well, so the main thing, and I just want to say this for people who are listening to this, obviously all of our own we all have different tolerances for the amount of systems that we all like to use right the how systematized we all need to do things but what you are pointing to is that you are simply tracking what matters in yeah. the system or in your system for using linkedin right and that's all that that is yeah. and i think that's just Uh, uh, gorgeous. (laughs) Honestly, there's no better word. It's beautiful. I I look upon it and gaze and wonder just because you're, (laughs) you're tracking exactly what matters and what makes a difference in your own method and in, in your own systems of outreach and striking up conversations because you figured out, okay, these are the things that I need to be successful. And these are the things I need to pay attention to because they generate X, Y, Z results for me. And that's, I love that it's all in one place and that you just pull it up and you have it on hand whenever you need it. I think that's a really um, yeah. powerful uh, approach.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and too, right? Like a lot of people like listening to this are probably like, dude, that's overwhelming, yeah. right? Like that's a lot of stuff and it is i've been doing this for three years so like do not think that this just started all at once right like this has been a very long-term process like sheet in the making Mm -hmm. um this is literally like i have underscore version 9 at the top so this is the ninth iteration of this thing right it is and i'm still always evolving with it right so but i think it comes down to your point right like what are the goals what am i actually doing here and how am i spending time on linkedin And, and is what i'm doing on linkedin actually getting me results So like that is a lot of stuff. But like if I actually look at like my engagement checklist, it is one, two, three, four, five, six things. So I spend an hour a day on LinkedIn, just on work days, right? Like, and you know, like occasionally here and there when I'm just like, I'm sitting in the car, I got nothing to do. I, you know, I, again, I'm not on any other social network. So I just pop over on LinkedIn and I'm hanging out. But I literally like when I'm strategically, like I've got time blocked on my calendar to do LinkedIn engagement stuff. I have six activities that I need to go through and that's it, right? Like, and I just rotate through those and that's it. It's nice, it's simple, it's easy. And all of this stuff is just happening in the background. They're just the tools that are there ready for me to go when I need them to help me make the make what I'm doing easier, right? Like if I don't know what to say, I'm struggling through this conversation, awesome. I have a, I have a sheet that gives me all the answers to that. When I don't know, like what am I doing that's actually working, awesome. I have my KPI trackers to know where I need to double down on. I'm struggling to write a post today. Cool. I have a whole content. I have a whole tracker that gives me all the ideas I've ever thought of. And boom, I've got 30 ideas ready to go at a whim. So like it's, 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 it's not as much work as it sounds. It's just tools, resources that I've built up over time that help me do things faster, more efficiently and get better results out of it. Keeps me focused on doing the right things at the right time.
0: Heck yeah, man. That's, that's incredible. All right. So closing question around here anymore. Uh, Which is related to the title of the show. (laughs) Um, So when you think about LinkedIn and let's say for the focuses of our conversation today, accelerating your uh, success out on LinkedIn, if you only had an hour um, to sit down and really make a difference or make an impact, a power hour, right, Uh, what would you do with that hour, Dan?
1: So if I had to, if I only had an hour, yeah, like one, one singular hour Mm -hmm. to, to truly make an impact Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, I would take a step back and I would say, why am I even on LinkedIn? Right. Like go, go back to the goals. Um, and this is outside of just LinkedIn, right? In in general, what are the goals of my business? What am I trying to achieve? Um, where am I today and where do I want to go? Like, what, what am I doing this for? Um, because if if you don't have those goals clearly outlined, if you don't know what you're working towards and how you're actually going to get there, then you're just.